0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely.
0: Can't wait. The Jets win, and it could impact the franchise for the next 15 years. We know what you're feeling. In a lot of ways, this one feels like it makes the last 13 losses hurt even more because they no longer really have a point. That point was Trevor Lawrence. Now he looks headed to Jacksonville. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris. We are ready to help you pick up the pieces the day after the Jets' first win of the season. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review. Dane Brugler is going to join the show again. Uh, He is back with a different perspective this time around. We talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence with Dane earlier in the season. Now we're going to talk about other options for the Jets with that number two pick. We'll talk about where the Jets go from here as well, heading into week 16. But first we got to start, Connor, with the fact that the Jets won a football game on Sunday and and break down a little bit how they actually did it. And I think part of how they did it was that the Rams were terrible on Sunday in all facets of the game. This game, I mean, we'll talk about some of the things the Jets did well, but to me the biggest story was how bad the Rams were. Uh,
2: This game would just feel, in my opinion, I think maybe maybe I'm wrong and and people can correct me, but this game would just feel a little different if it if the Jets didn't win one because the Rams decided not to show up for the first 30 minutes of game. This one would feel a little different if Sean McVay didn't have a egregious brain fart calling up a deep ball to his tight end uh, covered by the Jets' best safety in Marcus May right after running a a wheel route to Cam Akers out of the backfield, needing four yards with a ton of time to play. This one would feel a little different if Sam Darnold had gone out there and looked like Justin Herbert has for 14 weeks this season or how Jalen Hurts, a second-round pick from the Eagles, looked Last week, instead, the Jets won a game behind their 37 year old running back who rushed 23 times and caught the game winning six yard pass. They won a game because Sam Darnold didn't look good. Sam Darnold didn't look great. Sam Darnold game managed and played mistake free football on his way to a bogus 23-20 victory with with it means absolutely nothing in the long run. 22 of 31 for 207 yards and one touchdown. Congrats. He went over 200 passing yards for the second, for the third time this season. That's some kind of accomplishment. Justin Herbert just threw for 400 yards on national television. Jalen Hurts just went for 303 touchdowns and ran for, I think, two more against a playoff, a perennial playoff team in the Arizona Cardinals, who, if I'm not mistaken, already have a win over these Rams. And Sam Darnold goes for 207, squeaks out a victory because the Rams didn't play for 30 minutes, and it's like, yeah. I I completely understand, and I completely sympathize with the Jet fan who went to bed last night depressed, who went to bed last night demoralized, who woke up this morning with no voice because he spent every waking moment of last night screaming into his pillow until his face was red because this was all right there for them it was the the decade of dysfunction the 50 years 50 plus years absent a super bowl it was all going to be worth it because the golden boy the can't miss prospect the best quarterback talent since john elway was going to be the Jets in three weeks. He was going to be theirs if they lost to the Rams, if they lost to the Browns, and if they lost to the Patriots. Trevor Lawrence, as crazy as that may sound and as unrealistic as it seemed not too long ago, Trevor Lawrence was going to be a Jet quarterback. The Jets controlled their own destiny. And they went out there on Sunday and you can't fault the players and you can't fault the coaching staff because, the, again, the the players aren't trying to lose. And you can't fault the coaching staff because they're not coaching to lose. They know that they're playing for their futures because they need to put good film on, the, on, on tape to go have jobs in 2021, 22, 23. You can't fault them. Like, give them credit because they won this game. But it just finally felt like... After 13 weeks and all the struggles and all the dysfunction and everything that this team has gone through, it just kind of finally felt like the football gods were going to answer a prayer. That for the first time, as long as I've been on the Jets beat, and for the first time, and in, in, in I guess, I mean, if you're a Jet fan your entire life, unless you're, you're 50, probably 60 years old, so you were old enough to remember the first Super Bowl, it felt like the football gods were finally going to be like, you know what? You're right. Here you go and hand them Trevor Lawrence. The kid you just saw light up Second Rank Notre Dame, he was finally going to be with the Jets. He was fine like that would that's an answered prayer because you know this team's going to be a contender with him in two or three years. They're going to surround him with talent. They're going to get it going. They're going to get the right coach and the Jets are going to be competing for a Super Bowl. It finally was going to happen. And instead, the football gods decided to just punch this fan base, punch this franchise in the gut again just slap him in the face and laugh as they walked off to watch them lose this one to control their own destiny. And now have to rely on Mitch Trubisky who's actually playing some good football lately to implode against the Jacksonville Jaguars to get that control back. It's just sad. It's just sad. And maybe this would feel a little different if, if like I said, Sam looked good and this was a commanding victory and the jets just wiped the floor with the Rams, but for them to win the way that they did, that just feels like like it's it's the it's the laugh and the smirk from the football gods. Now forget the gut punch, forget the slap in the face. Now they're smirking as they walk off. And it's it's sad. And for any any Jet fan, like I said, that wakes up today just depressed, just totally absent the Christmas spirit. I get it. It's warranted and I feel for you because that's just that's just sad, man. Like watching that happen, that's just I feel I feel for him. I feel, I genuinely do feel for them because that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened, and it shouldn't have happened the way that it did.
0: I get what you're saying. Obviously, the players are playing to win. The coaching staff is is coaching to win. But if you're a coach on this team, and I'll just play devil's advocate a little bit, um, just for parts of this, um, and that is if you're a coach and you're trying to make this franchise better going forward, I still think it's in your best interest to play younger guys, and the quote that stood out to me—that for Jets fans must just drive them insane—from Adam Gase after this game, he was asked about Frank, or he said, "Good thing we had a Hall of Fame running back in there that seems to make the right plays at the right time." And that really stood out to me because it was like, That's really "Fucked up." It's really like good, good thing we had the 37-year-old running back who averaged less than three yards a carry throughout this whole game and is not going to be a member of this franchise in a year. Good thing we had him on the field. I call BS on that on Adam Gase. Cause if you care about this franchise at all, you're going to play the younger backs and see what they can do. And maybe they would have done even better. But that quote stood out to me. It's just like, what is that?
2: It's just, it's, it's, it's kicking you when you're down. It's just, it's, it's taking a chance to dance on your grave. And, and look, I defended Adam Gase at at portions this season. I defended him in 2019, and, uh, his first year. I agreed that that it should have been. It was the right move to bring Gase back. I don't believe that you fire a coach after one year, especially after he rallies the team for a six and two finish. In spite of, it. I mean, he deserved a second chance. You don't just pull the plug. I mean, it takes a rare situation to pull the plug on the coach, and that that wasn't necessarily it. Like he should have come back. But that quote, man. Like, be the bigger guy. Like, what what are you trying to do? You trying to prove that that you made the right call this entire time that playing Frank Gore was the right move because you just pulled out a victory against a Ram team that literally did not play for the first 30 minutes of this game? Like, that's where you want to tap dance on that grave? That's the hill you want to die on that, oh, look, I was right about Frank Gore? The dude rushed 23 times and gained 59 yards. 59 yards on 23 carries. Like, that's not good. That's not great. Like, all right, good. He fell forward for two yards. Guess what? I mean, you saw the hole at the fourth and one run that Makai Beckton helped pave. I could have gained the yard there. Like, that wasn't Frank Gore. Like, any of us could have strapped on pads and gained that yard. And for him to make that comment, like when he said it, I took it as a slap as a face to everyone with the exception of Mark Cannizzaro of the post who wrote like the, 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 the Gore story last week who wrote like, you know, the Jets, Jet fans should appreciate Frank Gore, which they should, you should appreciate him. He is a hall of fame player. Like aside from him, that was Gase. Just like that, that uh, video of the guy, like slapping all the kids at the barbecue, like as the joke, like that's what Gase was. It was everyone. It was just, it was, what was the, what's the point of saying that? Like it didn't justify your decision. It didn't. I mean, look at the catches. That, that Ty Johnson had six for 39 and a touchdown in the first half. Look what he was doing. That was game-breaking speed. He had 39 yards on six carries. Frank Franco had 59 on 23 touches on, on the ground. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's just bull. Like, that's just BS. It's just, again, it, it's like, it's almost like he's just trying to revel knowing that he just made everyone miserable. And, and I get that, that he's been a, a human battering ram lately. And I get that, that he's been the number one source of frustration for jet fans. And this was like finally getting a win, getting the monkey off his back. Like, all yeah, I'm not going to be an Owen 16 coach, but like, just be the bigger man. Like that. It's just, it's just a, a, it's just, why are you saying that? Like it, it just, it really blows my mind and I don't understand why I don't get why. It doesn't make sense to me as to why he would say that, but again, it's like it's just, it's just it's just something else. It's just something else that 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 would go against the Jets yesterday. And it's like again, if all ways to lose, to win, like you'd hope it was. I think I think Jet fans could have been like okay if Sam threw for three hundred and three touchdowns. Right. I think they could have been like okay if Denzel if Sam maybe threw a couple picks and it wasn't really a Sam game. But Denzel caught like seven balls for 160 yards and two scores. Or if Chris Herndon really got going, or if Ty Johnson had another really good game. Like I think like Jet fans could have, you're upset, you're angry, man, like we're lost on traveling once, but you know, maybe there is some signs of legitimate future here that if you surround Justin Fields or Lance or someone like that, or even ride with Sam again, like you can, you can maybe you can make something happen. But this? Like because 37-year-old Frank Gore had 60 yards rushing, caught a six-yard pass on third and six. Like, oh, man, it's just, again, like, I didn't grow, like, I've, I've said this before, and I know people get on me because they're like, we don't need to hear it again, Connor. But, like, I didn't grow up a Jet fan, so I can't relate to this level of misery. I've covered this team since 2014, though, and, and since 2014, I've gotten to know a slew of this team's fans. Like, I remember when I first jumped on the beat, I didn't know Jets history. I didn't know the Jets. I didn't have a pulse of the the fan base. I didn't know what fans wanted to read. So I followed, like, probably, I would say 15-ish fans. Like, Jude Truth was one. Like, I remember I followed him. Like, uh, uh, Dom was another. Like, there was a bunch of, like, I followed them. Turn on Jets Joe. Like, I followed all these guys just to kind of get an idea of what, People wanted to read and and the grouping and I followed these guys for the last six years now since I've been on the beat and you, know, you kind of get to know them and you see their their what they go through and and you ride their emotional roller coaster of like the 2015 season and then when the Jets draft Hackenberg and like all these things when they you have hope have hope just to crash and burn you know Todd crash and burn Adam Gase crash and burn Mike McKagan, crash and burn maybe it's it crash and burn like everything's always crashing and burning and now like I said it's it's like. It's finally going to break the Jets' way. All of that misery that this fan base had endured was finally all going to be worth it because they were getting Trevor Lawrence. And I can't stress how good this kid is. I can't stress how incredible this quarterback is. He's going to have a higher grade, a higher scouting grade than Andrew Luck. Like, that's how good this dude is. Better than Burrow. Better than Goff. Better than everyone. Like, this is him. And he was the Jets. And the Jets controlled their path to get him. And they blow it away. They throw it all away in a game that they win ugly. In a game that doesn't matter. In a game that, aside from Quinn and Williams' sack and Makai Beckon looking good, showed no promise for their future. And they sacrificed their future. They sacrificed potentially 12 to 15 years of AFC dominance to beat the Rams 23-20 on the back of 37-year-old Frank Gore. And I'm glad Frank Gore said he can have a good Christmas, but I can promise you the, the fans of the team you're rushing for, God, they don't want any Christmas spirit. Like they're ready to go, like forget the the Christmas flame and yawn. They're going to McDonald's and just swallowing in their misery. And I completely understand it and it is justified and it's okay because that was the worst way to win. That was the absolute worst way to win.
0: It was rough and you mentioned it. You'd love to see Sam have a great game. And now the question comes back into the fold, right, is whether this team makes the decision to to stick with Sam with that number two pick and go a different direction, trade the pick, take uh, you know the big offensive tackle out of Oregon, go a different direction than just taking the next quarterback in line. That's on the table now, and Sam didn't really do anything in this game to, to make you excited about that future with him remaining the quarterback. I will say he did make some good decisions getting rid of the ball quickly He didn't make that terrible throw, although there was a couple that could have been if a tip had gone gone a different direction. Um, So in that way, he was a little better. He did get over 200 yards for the first time in six starts since, I think, week four. Um,
2: Like, that's an accomplishment. (laughs) That's some goddamn
0: milestone. (laughs)
2: Like, oh, my God, it's 2020. Quarterbacks are throwing for 500, and we're praising Sam for going over 207. Oh, Uh, my God, blow it all up. Blow it all up.
0: With Lawrence, though, off the table, and we'll get to the chances that he could come back into the fold. Like, who, who knows? They're, amazing things can happen in the NFL from week to week. Um, but when you look at this team right now, Connor, and you know the drop-off from Lawrence to whether it be Fields oh, or Wilson out of BYU or whoever, do you think that Sam's back next year? I mean, is that a crazy question, a crazy thing to think about now when you look at a different kind of a draft board?
2: Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. We got, we got. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a discussion. I think we might have to save till after Dane leaves. So I think it. that's what that's and that's no, that's no. I'm fine. I'm fine transitioning to that. That's a fine transition. But that's gonna take a hell of a lot more than nine minutes to talk about. It. I can tell you that. Like that's that's gonna be one that's gonna bleed into the uh, the Dane time. And I know we only got Dane for like 15 minutes here. So you want to You want to? You want to? Tri- you want to pivot? Sure, live, you want to tease that? And we'll? Uh... Yeah. Well, will te- I can tease the hell out of that because that 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 we can break down because the jets so royally screwed their quarterback situation now because i have no idea what the hell they're gonna do maybe dane can can provide some explanation as to what they might be getting uh with another quarterback but this was it was so cut and dry it was so black and white it was so obvious what the jets needed to do and now it's like it's and i have a column i'm gonna be writing a column literally as soon as we get off the air here i'm gonna take the dog out and and get some breakfast i'm gonna sit down and write this column about how this Jets quarterback situation is murkier than ever. And, and what it's going to come down to is just giving the the decision to the next coach is asking the next coach. What do you want to do? You want Sam or do you want the guy you're going to draft? Like your choice. You make the call. Don't, don't, don't satchel them. Almost do what the Cardinals did with Cliff Kingsbury. And that's who do you want? Do you want, if you want Sam, we'll ride with Sam. If you want to trade back, we'll trade back. If you want this guy in the draft, we'll get this guy in the draft, the kid from North Dakota state, the BYU fields. Like, We'll do whatever you want. We're going to decide, but, you know, that you can't saddle them. But that that's that. We got a lot to unpack there. So I, mean, I don't want to talk about Lawrence odds. We can do that. Like, that. That'll be a relatively quicker breakdown about how. Yeah, we, we can so break Lawrence. down the
0: schedule. And it's, it's pretty much just, you know, I think it comes down to one game, right? I mean, the Colts week 17 are going to beat the Jaguars. I think we can pretty much count on that. The Browns are going to beat the Jets next week. I know you keep saying that the Patriots may rest players week 17. I don't know if I'd buy that from Belichick. He always rests players when he's in the playoffs, but now for the first time since 2008, they're not in the playoffs. I feel like he's going to play those guys and, and you know, see what he gets from them in week 17. So I think it all comes down to, and you mentioned it with Trubisky, Jags versus the Bears, a Bears team that is two and six in its last eight games this week. And can the Jaguars, beat the Jags now one thing i get your take on this connor the jets this whole time have been playing to not go owen 16 that's been like the motivation right don't we can't go owen 16 the jaguars don't have anything like that they have a win this season um so there isn't that stigma they're trying to avoid it's just guys playing really for pride do you think they can beat the Bears?
2: i do that that is the thing, and I'm not trying to give false hope and false optimism to to Jet fans out there and, and get them all riled up and ready for this one. And oh man, the Trevor Lawrence dream. I mean the Trevor the Trevor Lawrence dream is on life sport. That's that's what I wrote last night. That's what I've tweeted. That's what I've tweeted twice now. That's that's the fact. This Trevor Lawrence dream is on life sport. You're asking for a miracle. You're praying to the football gods again to please, please, please just bring it back. Just hope that one last shock jolts him back alive. But it is absolutely absolutely 110% on life support. I mean, the, the, the Bears are playing better football now than they've played probably since the beginning of the season. Mitch Trubisky looks good. Montgomery looks good. Allen Robinson is good. Their, their defense is ferocious. Now, the one thing that I do believe is that you just gotta, gotta hope if you're a Jet fan and if you want this, this Lawrence dream to come alive again, you need... The Bears to play down to their opponent, and this is not an incredibly well-coached Chicago team. Matt Nagy has moments, but he's not an inc- he's not an incredible coach. Uh, they are susceptible to the trap game. Their playoff hopes are still, if I'm not mistaken, slightly alive at at seven losses. Like I think there's still a chance that they could sneak in. I think they need to win out. I know Marissa's like our analytical playoff guru. Um,
3: they needed to beat the Vikings yesterday. I believe yeah. that so game was out? like. No, the Bears.
0: Oh, oh, and they did, right. I and
3: they, they did, the yes, did. yes. Like that game, like the winner of that game, I believe, still had life in the NFC, and they did win that game. So I think they still have a fighting chance. So they will they will be playing to win.
2: But no, but here's the thing, though, is that when you have a team that isn't necessarily that well-coached like the Bears are, and you're playing a team that's 1-13 like the Jaguars are and have lost 13 straight games – you have a tendency to start looking ahead. And what I mean by that is saying, okay, for us to make the playoffs, we need to beat the Jaguars. But they're all right, we beat like we're gonna beat the Jaguars. What well, then what else we need everyone else to do? And what do we need to then and they do? And have in the week Packers
3: 17? week 17. So
2: Exactly. And so you can start saying, All right, well, this, but then will the Packers be resting? And you can start thinking ahead. And when you start thinking ahead, the one thing you can say about that Jaguar team, and we've said it for quite a while, is that they do play hard. Like and, and I know they got their, their you-know-whats handed to them by the Ravens, but that was a tough situation. I mean, the Ravens are a very good team. They are immensely more talented. Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback that you can back into a win against. I mean, it's, just, it's impossible to replicate him on the field. It's just that that was always going to be a shellacking, and it was a shellacking. But every other game, and and with Minshew now back under center, I mean the Jaguars are a better team. They're a better team with him than Glennon or whoever that kid was they were playing before, who I'd never heard of. Like they were, they're a better team now with with this. Like they're they're a better team with with Minshew. If the Bears are sleeping on this, and the Bears are starting to look at Week 17, there is a chance that the Jaguars due to the Bears, but the Jets just did to the Rams. Like there is that possibility out there. I mean, I think the Jaguars have talent. Robinson is a top tier running back. They have a good receivers. Minshew can make plays. And and he's also due for one of those games where he throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns for no odd reason. He's Fitzpatrick in that regard. Um, Can their defense slow Trubisky? I don't think so. Can their defense slow Montgomery? I don't think so. Can their defense shut down Allen Robinson? No, I don't think so. But Trubisky can shut down Montgomery. Trubisky can shut down Trubisky. Trubisky can shut down Robinson. He has these moments where it's like, what the hell, man? Like like you can have that game. And, and Trubisky's played two good ones in a row. That's a roller coaster. And eventually that one goes down and he's due for one of those games. And I've been saying for a while. That the Jets have a a or the the Jet the Jaguars best chance of winning is Chicago. I've been saying it for months now. Is that that's their best chance to get another win? Is that they beat the Bears? I still think that there is a good chance that they could beat the Bears. I I'm not saying I would bet it. I'm not saying I would put money on the money line. But if I did, you'd probably want to guarantee that the Bears win the game with the way that I'm picking them lately. But I, I think that you've got a chance to get that one. And if the if the bear if the Bears can beat the Jets. Then you have the Browns, who I think clinch this week, if I'm not mistaken, if if they beat the the Jets. I think the Browns can clinch their playoff berth.
3: They can can clinch if, I think, the Colts or the Ravens lose. Or they win. No, they need to win. It's still very close. It's
2: both? Okay, okay. I think they
3: need to win, and I think they need the Colts or the Ravens to lose. Okay, so –
2: so they it the Browns. The Browns are gonna be playing the Jets. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be playing them, I and the Browns are playing really good football lately. Where that's just gonna be a bloodbath. Like they're gonna they're gonna take care of business there. Then what it's gonna come down to is Week 17, because unless the Colts are resting their starters, the Jaguars aren't beating the Colts. And for the same reason, like again, the Jaguars aren't tanking, just like the Jets players aren't tanking. You know what I mean? Like, it, and then I see Dane's waiting, so we'll, we'll get there in like one second. But I, I know that the Jaguars still have a chance to win because those players are playing their hearts out and they're trying to win. And they've got a chance to do it against the Bears. And if they can beat the Bears, then things come alive again. Like, that's when things do come alive. Now, the last point I'll make on this, and it goes back to the Week 17 would Bill Belichick throw a game. I know, Tim, you're on the other side of the fence. I could absolutely see Belichick resting the vast majority of his starters. And the one thing that I always kind of hung on to where it was like, you know, and maybe he won't, is that he hates the Jets so much that he would love giving them the embarrassment Of an 0 and 16 season, he would love to be the one that made them 0 and 16. At one and 13, the worst there is one and 14, and suddenly it's like, well, what's the difference between one and 15 and two and 14? Not really that much of a difference. Jets have already been one and 15 before. Let's rest the starters. Let's sit Cam and get him healthy. Let's play Jared Stidham, and then it's. I still think it's possible. But the big game to watch, the one that all Jet fans should be watching more than anyone else, more than than. uh, more than, than every other every other game out there, more than the Jets versus Browns, watch the Jaguars and the Bears because there's still that outside chance. But if the Bears beat the Jaguars, then the Trevor Lawrence dream is dead. That's the game that has to switch. The, yeah, it's, it's, it's shitty because it didn't have to be this way. It didn't ha- the Jets controlled their own destiny, but now they're, uh, now they're not.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? All right, Dane Brugler joining us now, our draft guru at The Athletic uh, with the inside information on all of these players. Dane, we had you on once before and it was all about Trevor Lawrence and we're having you on today because, well, things have changed a little bit for this New York (laughs) Jets team. Uh, So we're going to focus in on number two um, and where they could go from there. So when you look at this Jets team who has a quarterback in Sam Darnold, although they obviously would have gone with Trevor Lawrence, do you think Justin Fields is a, clear number two, or do you think now the Jets have some real decisions to make if they end up in that spot? This past week, I did
1: do um, updated position rankings and posted that on the site so uh, fans can go check that out. Trevor Lawrence is one, uh, Zach Wilson's two at the quarterback position. Um, And this is, it's a fluid situation, obviously, with these quarterbacks, because you don't overreact to one game. You know, you're taking body of work And with Fields, you know, at the beginning of the season, Fields looked like he had taken that next step in his development with the way he was playing against Nebraska and Penn State. And in the last time we talked, it it felt like Fields was on the upswing uh, in terms of his development. But he has really struggled this year, uh, especially against the two toughest defenses uh, on the Ohio State schedule, Indiana, Northwestern. Uh, He's holding the ball too long. He's not using the entire field, uh, which that causes him to force throws. You're not seeing uh, much efficiency in his reads. So bottom line with Fields, he needs to know how to better answer the questions that defenses are creating for him by blitzes, coverages, whatever. He needs to have a better plan B, C, D, and plans that don't involve his legs when play A isn't there. So, you know, when we talked about him, uh, you know, I, I I remember mentioning this last time. This is a player who he worried me a little bit because when I watched Ohio State's offense, when I really studied it, I was more impressed with Ryan day than I was fields. And sometimes day does such a great job with the scheme and the design that fields, uh, he gets too comfortable with the status quo and how the play is supposed to happen and uh, needs to develop his passing vision and his understanding of how to read the defense and understand where uh, you know, those plan B, C and D are so he can have an answer for the unexpected. So, uh, Zach Wilson, to me, he's done enough where I think he is the clear number two. I think there's a gap after Trevor Lawrence. I, I really do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the clear guy. Then there's a gap. Then there's Zach Wilson. And then I think there's a little mini gap before you get to Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting uh, quarterback group. Uh, it's not a one-quarterback draft, even though Trevor Lawrence is uh, easily the top guy. And all everything that you uh, look for in a quarterback He has it. That's no guarantee. Trevor Lawrence is going to hit, but I think Trevor Lawrence has the potential to be a top five quarterback in this league. Now with these rest of these quarterbacks, it's, it's going to be an interesting discussion, uh, especially for a team like the jets who conceivably do have a quarterback uh, with Sam Darnold. And they have to decide uh, if one of these uh, other quarterbacks in this class could potentially be better. And if it's worth taking that risk.
2: So I know, Okay, before we're just going to pile on real quick to, to Jet Fan misery today. And this is just so I, I can hear it one last time to realize how close I was to covering this generational prospect. How good is Trevor Lawrence? I know I'm not, not talking about like like how good is he going to be in the right. pros. Like obviously no one no one can predict how good how good is he. Like what what did they just Man, blow? you're a glutton for punishment, huh? So, uh <laughs> look, everything he does is fast. It's quick. Everything. Uh, the
1: way he processes uh, his movements, his release. And this is a guy that's six, five and a half, 225 pounds. So he is a, a, a monster out there. He's built for the NFL game. Um, I, I think that there are certainly things he can get better at, uh, you know, ball placement, just being a little more precise. Um, you know, he, he also benefited from an offense that helped get the ball out quick and, uh, you know, different things like that. But this is when you talk about his combination of the physical traits uh, the processing speed and then just the intangibles I, I mean talking to guys around the league guys who have been around them i mean good luck trying to find a negative thing about him um you know it's just there's so much to like about him as a person and how he fits your culture so uh it's just a rare combination of all those things now again that doesn't mean that's an equation for uh, a, a necessary you know a certain uh, hit at the next level there's always certain variables that matter but uh, when you're going to put all your chips in the middle of the table for a player. This is the type of guy you want to do it for.
2: Now, I know last time we had you on, we we talked a lot about Fields and Lawrence because because back then, I mean, it was, what were we talking about? Like week six, week seven of the NFL season. It seemed like those guys yeah. were one and two, and then there were other ones, but that was it. And I was like, this is a very fluid process. Things change, completely understand it. The two we didn't talk a lot about were Wilson and Lance, Trey Lance, the kid out of North Dakota State. When you assess this thus far, when you do your next big board, yep. is this like when I know there's a gap between Lawrence is the number one prospect. He's obviously going to be number one on your board. He's been number one on your board probably for the last three years. But when you go to number two, is there a drop, not necessarily from Trevor Lawrence to Zach Wilson, who's your current number two quarterback prospect, But how many other players are going to be ahead of Zach Wilson? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, where's the gap between not necessarily Trevor Lawrence and Wilson, but who is like your number two prospect? Like, would the Jets be reaching to take Zach Wilson if they went quarterback at number two? Yeah.
1: And to be completely honest with you, it is so tough to do a big board when you're including quarterbacks and non quarterbacks because the impact of the position is so great that, you know, Zach Wilson, like, you know, Penny Sewell, uh, Oregon left tackle, who, is my top-rated non-quarterback in his draft. Um, You know, he should be in consideration uh, for the Jets if they end up with that number two pick. Uh, but, you know, how do you you have to weigh a, a really good tackle prospect against a quarterback who might not be on the level of a Trevor Lawrence, but the impact that he could bring to the position and to your team is something that is relevant. And it's tough to it's tough to really do that. So but I do think that there are some players that uh, if they're going to if say if say they decide Sam Darnold's our guy moving forward or they just don't believe in any of these quarterbacks. Uh, and say they can't trade out of that spot. So they're picking a non-quarterback in the top three. Penny Sewell out of Oregon certainly makes a lot of sense. Uh, You know, obviously they have their left tackle with Mekhi Becton. He looks like he's going to man that spot for the foreseeable future and, uh, you know, fight for Pro Bowls. Penne Sewell is a guy who only started at left tackle at Oregon, but he was a four-year starter at right tackle in high school. So he's not completely uh, you know, foreign to that position. He also could play guard. Uh, so he's a guy that you bring in, and he's going to upgrade a spot on your offensive line from day one. And you know that's obviously something that will end up helping the rest of the offense. So uh, if – now let's just say for hypothetical purposes, um, you know, they say, say the Jets win one more game. You know, and the Bengals yep. lose out. Okay, now the Jets have the third pick, uh, and say Penesua goes two to the Bengals, then okay, what? Uh, maybe they maybe they go receiver. Uh, you know, at that at that spot, Jamar nice. Chase out of Alabama.
2: Who's that other kid who's really good? Devon, there's no,
1: there's Devontae no Smith like out of great. Alabama. Uh, you yeah, know, both right. those guys. I think Jalen Waddle from Alabama could be in that conversation. So, uh, you know, this is this is me trying to spin this for Jets fans this morning. If if you don't go quarterback. <laughs> The way this draft is lined up, the best players, best non-quarterbacks in this draft are tackles and receivers, guys that you could use on that offense to help out whoever's at quarterback. So Penny Sewell at tackle, Jamar Chase, who had one of the best uh, college football seasons for a receiver last year, opted out this year. Devontae Smith, who on paper shouldn't be a first-round pick. He's 175 pounds. But uh, this guy's the Heisman favorite for a reason Uh, His dynamic athleticism, elite ball skills. He can create his own separation, plays a lot tougher than he looks. So, you know, these guys are certainly uh, deserving to be in in that conversation.
0: With Trey Lance, because um, he's clearly, it seems like, the fourth quarterback, and, and he's such an unproven guy. who had a great redshirt freshman season at North Dakota State, but it's North Dakota State, and then he played one game this year, um, and then he declared for the draft as, as they had the shortened season. Um, is there any potential that he could fall far enough that maybe the Jets would have a shot at him with their second first-round pick?
1: I'd be pretty surprised, um, it, 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 but – and I'll say this, even though I think that Wilson is the number two quarterback, um, I don't think there's going to be consensus on quarterbacks two, three, and four. Uh, you know, all it takes is one team to fall in love with Lance and his potential, and he could be the second quarterback off the board. It's yeah. possible. So uh, we can't rule that out. Uh, so quarterbacks two, three, and four in this draft are going to be uh, the main storyline. Trevor Lawrence is going one, and then the order of two, three, and four at the quarterback position that's really the main storyline of this draft class. Uh, And with Trey Lance specifically, I mean, you set it up. It's an unprecedented evaluation. He's a redshirt sophomore, 17 career uh, starts at all 17 FCS competition. Uh, So, you know, in the past guys like Carson Wentz and other, uh, you know, lower level players, we at least had a game or two uh, against FBS uh, competition. We don't have that uh, with Trey Lance. And because he's a redshirt sophomore, we won't see him in the senior bowl like we did Carson Wentz or Jimmy Garoppolo or other FCS guys. So it's truly an unprecedented evaluation. And the, like, the production's there, 48 touchdowns, three turnovers in those 17 games, just ridiculous uh, output. And he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. I mean, we're talking about him as a potential top 10 pick for a reason. Uh, he's got a live arm. He's got the athleticism. He can be a true uh, dual threat quarterback. And his teammates love him. They call him the best uh, or the hardest worker in the program. So uh, there's nothing we can do about the lack of tape, about his meager experience. Uh, you know, the lack of uh, experience against quality competition. So it's just a a really challenging evaluation. It's going to come down to how well he does during the pre-draft process, the combine, the workouts, the interviews. How does he do uh, with teams? In turn, in terms of explaining, you know, what how what his developments like mentally, and what's he seeing out there, and uh, you know he has to build up that comfort level with teams, so I I think there's a very very good chance we see four quarterbacks drafted top ten, top twelve.
2: The um two two more quick ones, Dan, then we'll let you go. Um, when you talk about Wilson, Zach Wilson, what are the major concerns that you have with his game? Like what what is it that kind of sticks out to you? You're like, all right, you know, because it's the positives. Right. He can do this. He can do that. He can do. That. I mean, what is it though that, that you're like, I'm but. What is the butt with him on on the scouting report?
1: Uh, I think body type, he doesn't have, you know, he's not uh, Trevor Lawrence in terms of body type. Uh, You know, he's, I would be eager to get the exact measurables. He looks like he's, you know, six, two and a half, maybe 210 pounds. Um, So that, that's something that, you know, is not ideal. Uh, I think the main thing is he'll play a little frenetic in the pocket um, and it's it's controlled chaos for him. Uh you know, he he'll run around. I mean that that's why you're going to hear the Johnny Manziel comparisons on the field, strictly on the field because he will <laughs> For a second I was like wait wait, wait, wait that's like that's gotta, another gotta, red flag. Whoa whoa. <laughs> I got to make sure make sure very lead there. <laughs> but uh no, I mean cuz he he'll run around a little bit and he'll make things interesting, but a lot of times, most times it leads to something uh special down the field. I mean th- there is special in his game and you know, I, I think it's worth uh, taking that chance on. And people will point to, oh, well, BYU couldn't beat Coastal Carolina, the toughest uh, defense they played this year. I thought, you know, watching the tape, tra- uh, Zach Wilson had a good game. Uh, his receivers didn't help him out, dropping passes, uh, you know, but he took care of business. He let him down to the one yard line uh, at the end of the game. So, uh, you know, I-, I think Zach Wilson has some special to his game. It's just sometimes he'll get frenetic, he'll drop his eyes, doesn't properly navigate the pocket. But his ability to throw off platform and throw with accuracy—those uh, are the two big things with Wilson. Off platform throws and accuracy. Give me those two traits, and you know I, I feel pretty good about uh, moving forward with him as my
2: quarterback. The uh, the last one I've got for you, Dane, is I, I wanted you to put on scouting hat, take that off. I don't want to play fandom. Talk positive to the chat. Now this is just you're going to be this team's GM. You're not. you not got your Joe mm-hmm. Douglas hat on. Okay. You've scouted these guys. You've also seen Sam to to an extent. I don't know, you're not breaking down Sam Darnold film in the NFL. Trust me, you don't want to. But I know like <laughs> you know kind of what you got here in Wilson yeah. or think Lance, all that stuff. If you're the Jets and you're picking at number 2, the Jaguars lose out, Jets lose out, you know, you got the number 2 pick. Are you drafting Wilson at number 2? Does he are you impressed that much by him? Are you drafting Lance? Are you keeping Darnold or are you going to try to trade back and then get one of these two kids I mean what what do you what do you think you want to do there at number two based off of what you've seen if you're GM
1: yeah and it's really tough because uh, like this is all new information really because we've been so locked into Lawrence 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 is going to be a jet you know it's just so I think now it's time to step back and really go over these options and you know I, I I have not done enough on Darnold to really understand where he is and I think that's unless you're in that program and you see Darnold day in day out um, you know, what is he like in the meeting rooms? Um, you know, what is he like digesting the game plan? Uh, you know, I, I think that that is such a huge uh, unknown variable right now that, you know, only the guys behind closed doors know right now. And that, that's something that's a big part of this equation. But I, I think right now, you know, I'm leaning towards seeing what kind of package I can get for Darnold in a trade Uh, and feeling very comfortable with drafting Zach Wilson, uh, at number two and moving forward with just, you know, give, give Sam Darnold a change of scenery, see what kind of, uh, draft picks I'm getting in return. Um, and then drafting quarterback Zach Wilson, uh, with a number two pick and then surrounding him with more talent with my other draft picks that I have in this draft. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that.
2: You're the man. Hopefully, you talk. I, we got to. I haven't monitored the comment section too much, but we'll have to check to see if you talk oh, to anyone off, off the ledge. Oh, it's off the walls. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you did. I I don't know if anyone can tie. You'd have to. I don't know if anyone's talking to anyone off a ledge today, but but I think you did. You did. You put forth a valiant effort,
1: Dan. It's just it's reality it. right now. It's just it's going to be it's going to be really interesting these next two weeks to see how it ends up, and then you know it's you never know. Jaguars, they're they're what they got uh, Chicago, and then they're at Indianapolis. So uh, crazier things have happened.
0: Yeah, certainly. All right. Well, we'll keep a track of all your stuff as we move along between now and the draft. You can check out all Dane's writing on The Athletic and his podcast as well. Check out Prospects to Pros. They are really ramping things up on that show as well. So get all your draft stuff from Dane Brugler here at The Athletic. Thanks, Dane. Thanks, guys. All right, uh last to unpack there from Dane. Really good stuff. And and there as is always. there is hope there. Like Trevor Lawrence is great and he's probably going to be great in the NFL. But you know what? There's other good quarterbacks as well, and you don't have to have Trevor Lawrence to uh to build a Super Bowl contending team and the Jets believe it's in Joe Douglas. I think the fan base
2: it would have been a lot got i Hey, I'm, easier, I'm trying bro. to help here. Connor, I'm
0: trying to help people out. I was going to say, and I think most Jets fans still believe uh, in Joe Douglas making the decisions. They have a lot of draft picks. There's a lot of places to go. So let's talk about the draft a little bit. Um, and and I think one intriguing thing is that if Joe Douglas somewhere deep down inside really does believe that with a different coach and a different situation, Sam Darnold can be a successful New York Jet, and you you could get such a bounty for that number two pick— You could even do this. I mean, you could move back a little bit with the number two pick in a trade and still get one of those other quarterbacks and get more picks. I mean, there's yes, Trevor Lawrence was the guy. And we were all hoping to talk about Trevor Lawrence. We were hoping to talk about him on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Connor was hoping to write about him for the next 10 years. Jets fans were hoping to watch him play football. But... Now there's a ton of different options for this Jets team to go, and the pressure's on Joe Douglas to make the right moves, all, of course, assuming that the Jaguars don't beat the Bears.
2: Yeah, and and I think you mentioned, like, the whole bounty of picks, right? Like, you can trade the number two and you can get a bounty of picks. Like, the the whole, that thought process works a lot better when there's a bona fide number two. That That's why when, yeah. when this was all originally happening, and we were like, oh, well, there's Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. It's it's really 1A one, one and 1B. You know, it, it was it looked a lot more enticing because teams are going to want to come up. Well, now they're, they're looking at Justin Fields. and It's like, I don't think he's really the number two pick. I mean, it, it's, it's changed dramatically. And like I said, this is, it's a fluid situation the draft. That's what we said at Dane. Like you can think one thing at one point, then you get more film on these guys. I mean, when fields was lighting up, you know, Rutgers and and Penn state and Michigan, and then suddenly started playing Indiana and some tougher teams and just come crash landing back to earth. That's when things change. And, I've got to go, look, I haven't watched much BYU film. I don't know. I couldn't pick Zach Wilson and have a lineup right now, but I'm gonna go back today and watch some more and see what this kid's like and see if I'm impressed or not impressed and and all that fun stuff. So the big thing though in terms of getting a, a massive bounty of picks for number two, the big thing in finally, you know, trading back if that's what the Jets want to do and they don't really like Wilson and they don't really like Lance and they want to instead go with with Sam Darnold again is you need to have a team willing to come up. And more so than having a team that's willing to come up. You need to have a team that's willing to, uh, two teams basically that are willing to and wanting to compete for that. What the Jets have in their favor is that they pick number two. They have a team behind them in the Cincinnati Bengals that are picking three. If the Jets decide they want to trade back because they want to ride with Sam, the Cincinnati Bengals obviously do not need a quarterback. So that is the number two and number three spots that are both potentially up for grabs. You can have teams that are trying to trade up to the Jets so that you jump the Bengals so that another team is not trying to trade with the Bengals to get right behind the Jets. Looking quickly at the current NFL draft order, you got obviously the Jaguars won the Jets too. You have the Bengals. The Carolina Panthers at number four. If you've ever watched that team play and you've seen Teddy Bridgewater play, you know that team needs a quarterback. Teddy's a good story. Teddy's a good game manager. They fired their GM manager. this morning too. Yeah. They, need a, they need a quarterback. Like, Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. Like, they need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So... The Panthers could be saying, all right, we don't want anyone to jump us, so we're going to go up to number two, get Lance, get Fields, whoever. It doesn't matter. That's a trade option. Going further down, though, the Falcons at number five. Are they going to be willing to give up on Matt Ryan? I know he's in his 30s, but are they willing to trade up Matt assets to, to go and and, and jump and, and give up on Matt Ryan after a year? I don't know. You got the Dolphins. Obviously, they don't need a quarterback because they have Tua. You have the Eagles. You could have said, yeah, the Eagles need a quarterback. Carson Wentz isn't the answer. But the way Jalen Hurts has looked the last two weeks, it looks like they're probably going to at least ride with him for one year. The Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott's going to be back. The Chargers, they've got Herbert. The Detroit Lions at 10. That's the other team maybe at number 10 with the Detroit Lions because you could say, all right, it's the Detroit Lions. Are they? Do they want to blow it up? Do they want to move on from Matt Stafford, trading at some picks for him, start brand new? they could be a team that's interested to come up. Then after them, it's the the San Francisco 49ers at 11, and then the Denver Broncos at number 12. So unfortunately for the Jets, there are not a ton of teams picking within the top eight after number two. So basically between three and eight that are quarterback needy. The only team that's quarterback needy are the Carolina Panthers. So the Jets are going to have to hope that the 49ers, that the Broncos, that the, uh, the, the Detroit Lions potentially are all willing to come up and try to jump everyone to get back into number two. The downside for the Jets there is that they're not going from number two to number five. They're not going from number two to number three. They're not going from number two to number six. They'd be going from number two down to number 10. If they trade with the lions, they're going from number two down to number 11. If they trade with the Niners from two to 12, if they trade with the Denver Broncos, and obviously this can change over the next two weeks as those two teams lose and things like that. I mean, the difference between the team picking number eight and the Dallas Cowboys is five and nine and the Denver Broncos are five and nine as well. So obviously things can change there and these teams can move up, but When you're talking about going from picking number two, picking number 10, 11, 12, there's a vast difference in the type of player that you're going to get. Chase is not going to be there at number 12. Purnell is not going to be there at number 12. I mean, you're not going to get that top three, top five level talent player at number 12. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, not there at number 12. Quinn Williams, not there at number 12. So the Jets are going to need to weigh that, where in my opinion... And it kind of goes with what Dane said, and, and we can get into this now that we have a little more time. But in my opinion, from what I've seen from Sam Darnold, you're not riding with Sam Darnold another year. You're not doing it. If you want to go from number two to number four with the Carolina Panthers, so because you love Lance, you've decided I love Lance, and you want to ensure that the Panthers say, I don't want to risk anyone going up and getting the guy that I fell in love with. Fine, go ahead. Make the deal with the, the Panthers. Go down to number four. Then get your quarterback there if Lance is the guy that you decide you want to pick. I mean, he wasn't in the organization, but at the time when they picked him, but but Joe, uh, Joe Douglas did work for the Philadelphia Eagles who so took North Dakota State quarterback and Carson Wentz. Um, but other than that, it's what Dane said. You field offers on Trevor Lawrence or you field offers on, on Sam Darnold. If you can get a two and a five, a three and a five, a two, a three, whatever, you deal him, you draft your quarterback, and you use all of those picks that you have to continue rounding him out. It's not going to be Trevor Lawrence, but at least you still get your quarterback. And Dane's selling me on Wilson. I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah. It was a 10-minute, 15-minute conversation. But now I'm interested to go watch this kid play. And I'm gonna, As soon as well, we you get off this, I'm going to start watching highlights.
0: Good news if you want to watch him play. Because in this crazy year of 2020, the BYU Bowl game is tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Uh, they take on UCF in the uh, – which Boca Raton Bowl. So enjoy that one. Seven that o'clock tomorrow night. Jets fans, mark your calendars if you want to check out. Wilson. I'm doing it
2: as we speak, actually, because literally <laughs> I, like, I have my, this is also my hudy-do list. So this is literally like I lose my head if I don't write everything. I've been doing this since I was in high school. Like I need to have my daily planner. In fact, I need a new one because I'm out of plans. But here we go. New week. My new week. This is everything I've got due today. And now tomorrow. Watch. Lance at 7. You guys want to do a watch no, party? We Wilson. have to do a second Wilson. pod this week. You Wilson. want to just do it? there we go. We're already screwing it up. Wilson. Sorry, I'm seven going on like o'clock. three hours of sleep right now. I'm ESPN. sure you can't tell.
0: And we will uh, we'll uh fully wrap that game on up ESPN. next ESPN. week. Yeah, it's on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on ESPN. ESPN. do we just do a live watch <laughs> party? you want
3: us what to tell hell? you what channel that is, let us know your cable provider. 570, <laughs> I know
0: that. Yeah, I know that one. Actually, Lance <laughs> is four- terrifying, nine. though. I was going to say Lance is terrifying, though, in the fact that I mean, granted, he's 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 not even 21 yet or he just turned 21. Uh, But I mean, the guy played one season as a redshirt freshman and then one game and he didn't even play at the FBS level. It's the FCS level to me. I wouldn't do that. I know people love the skill set and all of that. But to me, there's just so much unknown. If you're going to rest your franchise on that, like it just doesn't feel like a Joe Douglas move. Right. That's not something Joe Douglas would do.
2: No, I mean even look at the. I mean Joe was the guy who fell in love with Joe Flacco. Like it was the stationary normal quarterback. Right. Like it's just he was in the organization, but he also had Cutler in Chicago, who was kind of a more cannon arm stationary quarterback. And then I mean I don't I'm trying to think of past Ravens quarterbacks. I don't think they ever really had anyone that was like the different I don't know but yeah we'll, we'll watch the so watch party we'll, we'll really watch you know by the way that Wilson in this bowl game is gonna their four interceptions look absolutely terrible and everything's gonna go to shit like <laughs> you know that's zone. happening okay. yeah you know you know that's happening because everyone's like all right no Trevor Lawrence it's fine Zach Wilson Zach Wilson bandwagon get my BYU hat on let's go who was the jet that used to play at BYU wasn't it uh I think Trevor Riley maybe or maybe it was Utah I forget whatever BYU let's go BYU hats you got the blue on we're rocking and rolling with BYU and now Wilson's Bring. gonna go on there's seven picks yeah thank you yeah we're gonna have to throw like seven he's gonna throw seven picks look terrible and it's gonna be like oh my god here we go again we're gonna have Dane back on and be like all right Dane who are the second round quarterback options let's forget all about the first <laughs> round just forget it don't worry Let's talk third round. Let's talk second and third round options. Let's, let's find the next uh, hey, Russell Jaylen Wilson or Dak Hurst. Prescott. Jalen Hurts. The um, they were fourth round picks. They weren't second before a comment section jumps down my throat. I know Russell Wilson wasn't a second round pick.
0: The other um, the other watch party will be the Sugar Bowl because that's going to be Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields, which mm-hmm. at this point doesn't feel like it's going to be very close. If you've seen Justin those Fields. teams play recently. What's would that? would not
2: draft Justin Fields. I would not draft Justin Fields. I would not do that. I've seen an I. I've always I'm not a scout. I'm not doing what Dane does. I don't try to do what Dane does. I don't try to do what McKagan did, although I probably could do a little bit better job. I don't try to do what Joe <laughs> Douglas does. I don't try. I'm not doing it. It's not my, it's not my thing. I love, I love football. I feel like I understand football at an advanced level, but when you have to start trying to break down the X's and O's, it's not my thing. I don't like doing it. So I'm not going to try. With that said, having watched Justin Fields twice, all I needed to say, I'm done. I'm out. Nope. Not for me. Go Lance, go Wilson. I don't care. Ride with Sam again. I would ride with Sam before I would draft him again. I just, nope. Maybe he turns out to be great. Maybe he's a Hall of Famer. I'm, I could be wrong. Fine, I'll take that one on the chin. But it's not worth it at number two. No, absolutely not.
0: No, definitely not at number two. And he is a um, guy that after two games this season, I thought he looked fantastic because I thought the, the the throws he was making impressed me over what I had seen from him last year. But yeah, the last couple weeks, it's just been he just gets sacked a lot. You could. There's no. Uh, the there's no internal making, too, clock. Is just bad. Yeah. It's there's no clock. He doesn't made. know the the pass rush is coming. He makes the bad decision. He takes and, the sack when he should have gotten rid of it. There's all of that.
2: And the other thing too is like what you what you kind of said was um the the taking the sack like the clock like that's I remember I was talking to a coach about that um when like Daniel Jones kept taking all those fumbles and I was like ah oh, like that was a topic of conversation I was just kind of on the phone BSing I was like yeah I was like well, what do you think about this Jones dude and he said he goes you know he's got the arm. He's got the mobility. He's a leader, and I love his personality because it's mild-mannered. And he goes, but the one thing that scares the hell out of me is that is the the taking the sacks. So I was like, oh, I was like, well, he can learn to hold onto the ball longer, right? And he goes, no, he goes, it's not that because you can the fumbles can go away because you just keep the second arm on it. He goes, like he's always he'll always fumble sometimes, but you can always you can learn second hand just always where you're holding it right before you throw it. He goes, but pocket presence isn't a trait that somebody can develop. Like a lot of times that's innate. It's just, you are born with it. It's, it's why you can see like Tom Brady in the pocket kind of moves before the rush gets there. He's not a mobile guy, but he moves within the pocket to create new pockets. Eli Manning was another guy that was excellent at this, where he would move within the pocket until late in his career to create other holes. Drew Brees, another one move within the pocket. Like they, they feel and anticipate the rush before it's there, react to it and keep the play alive to move down the field. He said Jones is a guy who doesn't feel the rush until he's on his back, and if that's Fields, like that's again, like it, you can kind of get away with it in college, you're not getting away with it in the pros, and and that would scare the hell out of me because that's not something you can really teach, and that's what I've been told. Like that's not my opinion. That's what I've been told by coaches is that you just it's not something that generally you can teach. Some guys can get a little bit better, but you're never just going to become an amazing person within the pocket if if it's not something you can naturally feel. So I just. Don't give me fields. Just um, I'm I'm out on that one. That's wash my hands. I'm done. I've seen enough. Let somebody else do it. If it turns out great, fine. Best of luck to them, But I'm not not my thing.
0: All right. I think that uh I think that does it. Anything else we want to get in in this edition?
2: No. Uh tomorrow's our tomorrow's our watch party. I guess we'll be yep. texting for that one. I guess I'll turn what that time, one to you, Spencer. Uh, what'd you say? It was like, I think you said it was 2.30 on ABC, <laughs> right? Annoying. Exactly. I've got it. I've got it written right then. You guys aren't going to be, oh, I can't. Actually, I can't show everything. There's there's like, well, actually, screw it. I will. Right there. Well, you can't read my chicken You can't track. read Watch your handwriting. Lance so at happen. 7 p.m. ESPN. It's not Lance. It's, it's not Lance. That's uh, fine, though. As long it, though. as you tune in Wilson is above as it. Long Wilson as long as you're above it. I just yeah, forgot to go. cross out Lance. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you'll figure out who's playing once you're on the channel at the
3: right time. Until I start Connor.
0: flipping the channel, like, where the hell is this Lance, kid? This isn't Lance.
3: I've <laughs> got the wrong channel. Marissa went wrong. Walking around the, his apartment all day long, like with his notebook in his hands, like, okay, it's three o'clock. What am I supposed
2: to be doing? Set alarms now. Well, seven. I'm usually no, seven's actually usually when I go to the gym, so that's not gonna. Yeah, that's gonna be bad. We're gonna <laughs> forget. I'm totally gonna forget.
3: Um, I do have one little comment to make. Um Uh, on the athletic football show, Lindsay Jones's daughter. We make her weekly pick. She's four years old and every week. And she picked the Jets and Lindsay was like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm sure. I think the Jets are going to get the win. And she did. She did. Before it, people so.
0: blame Lena, though, she has picked the Jets previously this season yes. and been wrong. So she, it's not like she went against the wasn't Jets her for first time. Weeks. But right.
3: Lindsay right. said, are you sure? She said, she look, sure. it. she shows she's four, but she shows her. OK, they have zero wins. This team has this many wins and she still picked the Jets. So
2: she said, mom, four year old. off. I got this. <laughs>
0: I got you this. Sure Trevor's going to Jet. She's not
2: going to get yeah. hate mail from every Jet fan, by the way. <laughs> Dear Alina.
0: <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. And this will be our only episode this week, unless for some reason there's an emergency edition. Maybe if Wilson throws seven touchdowns on Tuesday night. I don't know. But um, it's gonna with picks, the holiday so coming like up. <laughs> Who is he playing?
2: Who are they playing? Do you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Central Florida. Are they ranked? No.
3: Cotter, like, Byu
0: listen. is ranked, but like, Central Florida li-
3: is. Not. Does he yeah, yeah. listen? Like Tim went over all of this already.
2: That's fine. I do. I'm, I'm going on. I, you know, I'm on no sleep. I'm on the no coffee sleep coffee has too. run dry. I listen.
3: <laughs> okay, let's wrap it. He sound like
2: Bree now. He's like, bring, bring Bree on the pod next for our next guest. When the Jets yeah. win two more games and they're picking five, we're gonna bring <laughs> Bree on and just have her trash me for an hour. Sure, that'll get a lot of views. We'll set a new PR in listeners.
0: Yeah, we look forward to that one. All right, so we'll be back next week, and we will have a recap of not just the Jets game next week, but we'll we'll check in and see how that Bears-Jaguars game went as well. You still have some time to get in on our holiday deal at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. If you gift a subscription, you get a subscription free that's running now through the holiday. so go. Take advantage of that, and check us out on Twitter. Connor's at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm at Tim M McMaster. Marissa's at Marissa underscore Morris. We'll be live tweeting that BYU game on Tuesday night. We'll talk to you next week, everyone.